I'm recording. I'm I'm heard. You think I think you're heard? Are you heard? I'm heard. I'm heard. I'm heard. Can you drink a beer? I can without hitting the microphone. I don't care. You don't have to edit it. That's why you don't care. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it's, was I clear? Was I clear of the yeah, mic? Yeah, yeah, you're, okay, you're fine. You're fine. I think all it's right. all good. Welcome, everybody. It's Draft Politics. We're on episode 88, the snowmen, as I like to call it. Uh, Appropriate to the weather in the northeast and upper Midwest. Everywhere Fortunately, but here. here is just here is just cold, shitty rain. So. Cold, shitty rain. <laughs> uh, we're starting on the not safe for work language right at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Welcome, everybody. I am EJ, and with me, as always, the colorful language comes from Steve. How's <laughs> well, everybody just, doing? You know, it's like playing hearts when somebody breaks hearts. It, so the first person to swear, you know, you kind of open it up for everybody else. Exactly. It's giving permission, and I appreciate that. We are just a few days away from the Chicago municipal election, um, and we're going to spend, I think, a good part of this uh, this podcast talking about that that election. We're going to cover some other things, but... Um, if you're here for our coverage of Norwegian politics, today's not that day. We will come back to that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, where are we at today, though? Where where are we sitting? Uh, we are sitting in uh, Revolution's Tap Room. So not the the you know the the Res- Revolution restaurant, the original sort of starting point of it, but at Milwaukee Tap Room yeah. on Kedzie, big space. Uh, I I really love this space. Like it's it's a huge space. Like a lot of the tap rooms are a bit smaller. This one's got you know you could bring a bring bring a big group here and get them all in and, and have a good time, no problem. And it's a space that's deceptively huge. Yeah, because you come in, you know, off a of Kedzie, and there's nothing around here, right? Yeah. Like the closest thing is a Nissan dealer. So if you'd like to pick up an Altima, you right. can do that. I would recommend doing that before you have the beer, right. maybe afterwards. I don't know. Yeah, right. What's your favorite Nissan? Maybe the uh, the Leaf, I suppose. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Liberal. Um, <laughs> right? But you walk in here, and it's a little hallway, and you it just opens up into this tremendously large space. They've got all the barrels that they're kind of aging some of their beers in around. Um, good bar. Uh, right now, we're, we've got some, got some Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, yeah, on the, the, on the TV. We've got the Carl Weathers going on there. Yeah. And all of the tanks are here, so it's a great space to be in. Oh, and you could have a huge party here. Maybe we'll do our 100th episode, and we'll invite all of our listeners here. Beers on us. The there four of us. And, and we'll and, still and, have a lot and, of space and, and, left and, over. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, like that. I like that idea. Just, like, set that up and see who shows up. Uh, oh, yeah. Our, our Texas correspondent might show up for it. You never I know, because she, sure. she's in town now. Okay, so. well, I'm committed to it. I'm yes. committed to it. I'll... I'll sell plasma from now until then so we can afford it. Sure, anyway. Sure. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> uh, uh, so on the national front, we're going to break things down into uh, really a couple things. Uh, legal uh, transportation disasters. It's going to be like Jeopardy. Right. And 2024. Uh, but we're going to actually start international today, which is not something we usually do. Uh, and we're starting today with international because today is the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, um, which was uh, we uh, podcasted actually on that day. Uh, and I think we would all kind of look back and say we're surprised to at the place that we're in 
Yeah. With the I mean, conflict. all of the talk at the time was, you know, Russia's military is far superior. They're going to take over Ukraine very quickly. It's not going to be much of a fight. And, and ultimately, it seems that a lot of the beliefs around that had to do with U.S. intelligence around what was going to happen. And a lot of that information came from spies we have at the Kremlin. And it turns out that uh, the people who were telling information to the Kremlin were lying because they were corrupt and all that sort of stuff. So, like, yeah. the, you know, the Russian military is, you know, has uh, not gone as well as they expected. Right. Um, and it's gone through evolution. Like, you know, right now there's, you know, the Wagner group has been brought in and uh, was supposed to be doing terrible things and 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 now they're saying they're out of bullets and now they're saying they're out of bullets and they're getting pissed off at the at at, at russia russia's been like what the hell you doing you can't no you can't do that it's you know it's 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 i will say like other than the fact that you know russia has nuclear weapons it's all a delight to watch them sputter and fail I, i it is you know the wagner group is a really interesting thing right because russia has this huge military uh they don't really train people well they didn't tell anybody what the mission was they didn't equip them well. Things broke down very quickly when, when there was any kind of resistance. Yeah. So they bring in this essentially Russian-sponsored mercenary group. And here's the really fascinating thing about the Wagner group. The CEO uh, is eminently qualified to run a mercenary group as the chief caterer for Vladimir Putin. Right. So he catered all the food for Vladimir hey, Putin, and then one day decided to business, start a mercenary say. group. <laughs> I mean, that's great lateral move. I'm sure right. he was on LinkedIn, right? And right. he's like, "What could I do next from catering?" Oh yes, you know, like it just, I I don't understand why it's not working. Right? Um, it's like you know, well, Party Down. It's like is coming back. That the the TV series Party Down is coming back, which is. About caterers, it's like going from that to like oh, yeah. Jack Ryan, right? Right. Like that. Tough, tough, tough move. Tough, tough move. move. Tough yeah. move. Um, so you know, obviously, you know, we make jokes about everything, even if they don't need to be made jokes about. But amazing, uh, amazing heart and utilization of weapons from the West by by Ukraine, um, and uh, our president Joseph Robinette. Biden was in Kiev this week in yes. I, I how did you describe it <laughs> like something like it felt like World War One well it's like it, it seems like we've gone through a time warp with with our reporting right now and in terms of like you know foreign relations like we have we have Chinese balloons attacking us like it's World War One, and we have uh, our president riding a train into a war zone like it's like turn of the century like what what is going on like we have we just got past a you know a, a t- early you know 20th century plague basically like come on like it, what is- <laughs> it is quite funny to think about it that way and and the logistics of getting the president into kiev in a country where we don't really have a military present presence you know like okay 10 hour train wa- ride each way so I had to fly to Poland. Yeah, but if you're ridden from Delaware to D.C., I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not it. the Acela. Actually, actually, I had to travel from Chicago to Denver on an Amtrak during Christmas. I have to say, that may have been worse than his trip into Ukraine. Just, just, just putting it out there. 
I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I, th- no offense. Oh. It's not that I wish you, you know, bad things, <laughs> but at the same time, I hope that the president, you know, traveling through a war-torn country has a nicer train car than you. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, and to be, f- to be fair, people on the train were lovely. My, the, my train. I don't know about his train. I mean, yeah. I assume they're lovely. I mean, you know, he's got his usual Probably. entourage, I imagine, yeah. for the most part. But, but, uh, but I got to tell you, you know, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about this later. And I actually saw a bumper sticker today that, that really hit a little bit. Um, there's a place that I see two cars frequently. They both have a lot of bumper stickers. One of them is all InfoWars. Yeah. And the other person is like, you know, feel the burn. Like all of these. And then that, that feels right. Yeah. Then there was <laughs> a, a bumper sticker that just said, settle for Biden 2020. And you go like, boy, we all felt that before, but here we are watching this, uh, you know, watching him define his presidency by really an extraordinary trip to a war zone to show solidarity. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm, I'm curious to see what you think about this. So. We, we know from reporting that they let the Russians know he was going to be there a little bit in advance of when he got there because basically they didn't want the Russians to decide, how, you know, they're going to artillery bombard Kiev at that time, yes. kill our president, and then, you know, lead to the apocalypse, right? So, like, you know, this, another apocalypse. We just did one. We're now on another one. Um, so they gave him that warning. And then the air raid sirens go off. So... Was there actually a reason to have set those air raid sirens off other than for the photo op? First of all, every picture I have, I cannot hear it at all. There is that. So, okay. For <laughs> yes. the video, video op. op. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> As my son says, pedanticism is my superpower. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> I, it, it is a great it is a great point, and I hadn't thought about it until just now. And and honestly, like, even when I saw that, and like the air raid sirens are going off, and absolutely nobody looked stressed, I was like, "Huh, right?" Like like Biden didn't like, oh. like you know, there was no like you know air raid sirens in a war zone, like you do. Yeah, I mean they're probably always going off. Like I'm sure Zelensky's like. Whatever. He's like, <laughs> it's oh, Thursday. Who cares? Yeah, is, is it the first Tuesday of the month? Or are you just testing these things <laughs> to right. make sure that it's, they work? It's 10 a.m. on a Wednesday. Why, yeah. why I'm not oh, worried. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's fine. Maybe, maybe it was just the test and they <laughs> scheduled it well. <laughs> uh, but do they have to, do they have, do they still test the air raid sirens? Or are they just kind of just. No, they do it. They still do it. Okay. They st- yeah. They, no, here. we test. Yeah. No, we I mean, test. Do they, they test do, uh, I'm sure they don't. I mean, how would you know? How would you know? But I, I, I very much appreciated the gesture and the yes. risk, right? Like, like it is, it is a personal statement that I very much appreciate, um, and it was probably aimed at as much at the other European countries, yeah, as it was Russia. Yeah, and 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 you know, as much as I joke because this is a podcast that involves beer, um, you know, I think it was a, I think it was a, a, a good, strong statement. I I like what he did. Um, there is something, you know, like I said, yes, they let the Russians know, but there's still a risk that he's taking on in yeah. doing that, and I think that's that's worth noting. Um, yeah, and so I think you know, I think that was all good. I mean, it is the first time 
that I'm aware of that a U.S. president has gone into a place where our military didn't actually control the situation at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, keeping in mind, like, even, like, like we're trusting to the Ukrainian military at that point. Like, that's right. that's something, like, the Secret Service had to be losing their shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, you're going to do what? <laughs> I can't even imagine, right? Like, I can't even imagine. Like, I hope all the folks that planned that, like, as soon as he got back on Air Force One to leave from Poland, were just like... Well, just, although, you know, probably the way he sold it to him was, you're not going to have to stay at a Trump hotel. And they're like, oh, okay. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's Trump Hotel Kiev. Right. No, I don't even know. A lot of things would have played out differently during Trump's administration if there was a Trump Hotel Kiev. But anyhow, <laughs> that's true. He was trying. That was, that was part of it. So speaking of that, let's switch to national news. Yes. Which yes. is going to start with uh, legal Yep. I'll take legal for 100, which is the Georgia grand jury, special grand jury, has now wrapped everything up. There's been a report released, and that report said they think people lied to the grand jury. Yes. But what didn't it say? What don't we know from we that? We don't have indictments. Uh, you know, I mean, it's basically all the sort of like final conclusions we don't really know. We see all the sort of like outlines of what we expect to happen but um you know we're not going to know for a little bit um and actually a friend of mine happened to have served on a jury that was the same judge who's overseeing all of that and and spoke to him being like a pretty sharp judge and, and a smart yeah. guy and so it was like so just kind of another like just sort of like reinforce it like this is being done well and and, and all yeah. of that so, so yeah and so they they released an opening paragraph and a closing paragraph because the georgia law says that you have to release something yeah, um, as part of the special grand jury process. But they didn't release all of the names of the people that were recommended for indictment. Yes. Because he felt that was prejudicial yeah. and you know, would perhaps impede well, some further Well, and at the very process. least, that might serve as um, a, a reason for appeal later on. Right. Et cetera, et cetera. Right. So it's like, oh, well, you know, the prejudice is that we, we, we can get a fair trial, which, you know, if, if ultimately Trump goes on trial, it's I don't know how he gets a fair trial just because everybody knows him and has, an, an, and an, a, has a strong opinion about him already. Yeah. But, you know, monsters have been tried before and we figured it out. So it is so what it is. The other interesting thing I've found about that is that some of the grand jurors have now gone on a bit of a media tour, which, you know, and they're like, we're not saying anything. <laughs> we're not telling you the names can, in here. But, but let me tell you, you know the names that yeah. are recommended for indictment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've heard of them. You've heard of them. Uh, you know, you've heard of those names. We're not going to tell you those names. But you've heard of those names. So... Could you have stayed at one of their hotels? Maybe. 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 Maybe, you've, maybe you've stayed in a hotel. Maybe they've sold a red hat to your uncle or maybe. you. You um, never know. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting. Um, and sort of tangentially related is the January 6th. Uh, Jack Smith, he's out there. He's out yes, there. Yes, so we uh, have uh, subpoenaing people. subpoenas coming in for Ivanka and for uh, Jared, which ought to make things super awkward in... in Trump's uh, inner circle. I mean, do you think they hang out? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm being hang serious. Out? I mean, I think that Ivanka and Jared 
would prefer to not be affiliated with the Trump family name at all. Hmm. He's got us three billion I, from. I think. I think from Jared Saudi. got a certain amount of benefit from being associated with the Trump name at one point, and I think he would. I think he would take it or leave it. Take it or leave it to whatever his advantage is at the moment. Yeah. So right now, it'd definitely be leave it. Uh, I imagine Ivanka has a much more complicated relationship with all of that, but I, I just don't actually picture the family being close. Oh, no, no. I, not, I picture close, them all being like, you know, out I mean, for themselves you know, the 100% have, of the time. You know, people have weird, you know, that there's that, there's that, you know, n- desire for approval from your parents, but your parents are shitty people, but you get benefit from them and they've treated you shitty. And so you're now you're a shitty person, too. You know, it's all kinds right. of it's complicated. I'm using the word shit a lot in this yeah. episode. <laughs> and here's the thing. I don't bleep that out. I only bleep out. Bleep. Great. So, so that's really interesting. Again, it's all moving along, and we keep talking about talking about this moving along. We're not legal AF. Um, here's uh, legal thing part three: <sighs> Dominion voting systems v yes. Fox News. Yes, and this has been my popcorn moment of the last week. Yeah, reading through, and I did, and I know this is this is terribly nerdy of me. Um, I read through the filing from Dominion Voting System. So they filed a motion for summary judgment, which means like, look, the facts are so obvious here that we don't need a trial. You can skip over the trial. Right. And just go right to giving us some cash. Right. Which, I mean, you know, on some level just makes sense for them because, hey, we don't have to pay our lawyers for all that work. Right, but, and, uh, and then you say, like, well, why Why would they do that? How would they think that they could get to summary judgment with a, a defamation case, which has a super high bar for proof? Yeah. And then you read through it. Oh, yeah. And it's like text messages. He definitely lost. Clear, clearly, we know we're lying. Please lie some more. We need to lie more. Here's a person who works for our network who uh, is fact-checking us. Please fire them because they're taking down our stock. Yes. I mean, it was unbelievable. Also, related to that, Tucker Carlson is human garbage. I have always known this. Actually, I haven't always known this. Like back in the days when he had a little bow tie and he was on Crossfire, I was like, ah, he's, he's a little bit nerdy and obnoxious, but he's not human trash. And then he started working at Fox. Did you realize at that point that he was an heir to the Swanson... Like TV dinner, I, I I actually did not know that until just this moment. Yes, so all his popular bullshit is really, really unbelievable. Which that you know what's even, which makes it even worse because it's like he could have done literally nothing and been heir to that fortune. Yes, but he decided and said, no, no, I'm going to make my own way in the world by being a a propagandist and right. and lying to people. And generally making the world a worse place. And do you know why? Why? Because he's a hungry man. <laughs> <laughs> All I right, that was a great there. pun. That was a there. solid, solid pun. And I did go mentally towards some sort of Swanson TV dinner related joke, yeah. but I didn't. I, I didn't, didn't really make that under, jump. No, I, didn't, to I didn't get man. there. Good job, um, sir. So these text messages are are unbelievably candid. But not unbelievable in terms of the 
hypocrisy, right? So they're saying things like, well, Rudy Giuliani's an idiot. And can you believe that you know, they're relying on uh, a woman who says she's a time traveler and had uh, suffered a partial internal decapitation that gave her special powers to read the wind. And that's how they knew that there was... I mean, un, just <laughs> unfathomably What exactly stupid. is a partial internal decapitation? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to find out unless it gives me special powers. Right. To listen to the wind and tells me... So this is like... Uh, so we haven't seen the Fox News rebuttal to this, but this is this is a big deal. And and like legal analysts have read this, and I think they're all just they they they're reading it, they scan through it sort of seriously, and then they get together at the bar and read their favorite portions to each other, right? Because it's so ridiculous. Um, uh, John Stewart has a podcast called The Problem, uh, highly recommended. It's at least as good as ours. Um, and he does Less a whole episode. Less beer. Yeah, if, yeah, it's true. Um, but they do a whole episode on it, and there's a professor on there who's talking about it, and she's like, I teach this law, and I give my students scenarios where they need to argue a case one side or the other. I could not give them this scenario because it is so no, unbelievable. What's the other side to argue, <laughs> yeah. right? There's just nothing like I, I would never have predicted that we've gotten to a right. point where people would be texting. This is a lie. Yes. Should we do it? Absolutely. Yeah. And and just slightly tangential to this, um, you've got uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, releasing videotapes from the Capitol of everything that happened on January 6th to Tucker Carlson. Yeah. On the notion that somehow he is a journalist. And on the other end. You've got, as part of, like, they're trying to defend themselves against this Dominion lawsuit, trying to argue that Tucker Carlson is nothing but an entertainer. Yeah. And, and in the past, his, the argument from Fox News is no reasonable person would believe that anything he's saying is true. Well, and, and that may very well be true, but their audience is entirely made up of unreasonable people. <laughs> Again, <laughs> listen to that podcast. Oh, yeah. Because it talks yeah. about this. No, I'm sure. In detail. Um, uh, so now we're on to category two which is transportation disasters. Ah, yes, transportation disasters. And we're just going to talk about the train derailment in Ohio, not the train derailment in Michigan or the building explosion in Ohio. Right. We're just going to focus on East... East Palestine. I want to say East Palestine, and I know that's wrong. Palestine? Palestine. It's like like Palatine in Illinois. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Anyhow. Uh, Yeah, so you're almost all certainly aware of it at this point. The, result, the, the reporting on it was very weak uh, initially, but, you know, as it kind of came out more, there was much more push to get coverage on it, and it's been... And mostly coverage from the right. So, like, you know, because they found it uh, uh, the a reason to talk bad about Pete Buttigieg. Well, what was fascinating to me was hearing a clip. I was listening to, I think it was on the Majority Report, they were, uh, which is another delightful podcast that also doesn't have as much beer as this one. Um, which ones do? And they were playing a clip where it was Tucker Carlson in, in, uh, interviewing J.D. Vance. So J.D. Vance, of course, now a senator from the great state of Ohio. And 
their line of logic was that the problem, what led to this happening was the improper regulation of the trains by the Biden administration because they're too focused on wokeness. Even though, I mean, I mean, it's just like, and, and so like they have, it's fascinating how they have to take everything back to sort of a racial or some, something. Yes. Right? Yes. And ultimately the train, the accident seems to have largely been caused because of brake problems. It was an overheated bearing. Yes. By the by. By an overheated bearing by the by. Okay. But uh, there were rule changes that they were uh, about how the brakes I forget all the details of this now. <laughs> so the brakes so brakes are during, important here. That's all I'm uh, saying. During the Obama <laughs> administration, there was a regulation passed to mandate certain types of braking systems on trains above a certain weight, um, freight trains above a certain weight with certain types of cargo. Those regulations were rolled back and celebrated by Trump, etc. Yes. yes. Um, whether or not that would have applied to this train. No pun intended. Brakes applying, etc. It's unclear to me yes. because I don't talk about those details on our non-train podcast, right? Um, but it's not clear to me whether or not that would have expressly applied here. Yes. Tune into our podcast, Trains and Tap Rooms. Yeah, trains. <laughs> I mean, so there was definitely deregulation. During the Trump administration, yes. rolling back of, of how yeah, and some safety regulation. How whether much or not impact it would have that applied. had directly is is a little hard Ooh. to say at this point, but it certainly doesn't help matters. Um, and then in a you know, and, and to amp up that irony, of course, Trump shows uh, up, shows up in East Palestine and, uh, and brings pallets of water and Trump water. Oh, and oh, and other water because apparently there was not enough Trump water, so they also brought other water and made a point of indicating that that water was not as good as the Trump water. The then they also brought Goya beans. Goya beans, because that's a it's a running thing, and which I assume was an in kind donation to his campaign. <laughs> almost certainly, yeah, almost certainly. And, and here's the thing: Do you remember? And and I'm sure we all do. When Donald Trump showed up in Flint with water? Oh, no, no, you don't. You don't remember that. I remember paper towels. Yeah, you remember paper towels in Florida. But do you remember Puerto Rico? You're right. You're right. It was Puerto Rico. It was other craziness in Florida. So, yeah, so when he was president, he didn't show up any place with drinking water problems. Weird. Weird. I mean, he has all that Trump water. Oh, he could Trump have made water. a pretty penny. Trump water. Sure. Trump water. Gone, gone, could I have mean, gone over to Flint, and it Michigan and like, like the Trump here's steaks. a bunch of Trump water. It's very empty. Where they didn't do that. I will say, though, um, Trump, of the, of the Republican candidates, I think has the clearest political sense of like how populism works and how, yeah. to, how to roll with it. You look at what DeSantis is doing right now. He's on a crime tour. And he's, you know, and playing on, you know, racial bullshit and comes to Chicago, comes to Chicago, doesn't come to Chicago, comes to the suburbs, comes to the suburbs because he can't go into the city of Chicago because we're too dangerous, I guess. But, you know, too uh, dangerously liberal. And he, you know, maybe, maybe not. We'll talk you know, about they're that. backed by the, the police union because, of course, um, and goes on a, you know, rant about, you know, how we're too focused on wokeness to 
have you know proper care of security of our cities or whatever. Um, but it's all basically playing on things that Trump sort of already did. Like he already he already did the 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 wokeness tour. Uh, Trump is now ahead of that and is now going to East Palestine and basically saying, "Hey, I'm here. I'm I, I know your problems. I understand your problems. I feel your pain." And I will say, he got there before Biden did. He Biden did. had a train in Ukraine, but he did not go take a train over to East Palestine. Um, Although the EPA administrator and right and, and Buttigieg and, were there. Yeah, and let me be clear that you know there was a lot of talk by uh, Dewine. Is it the governor? Yeah. Well, well, that's the other thing. Like Biden called him. The day of the accident was like, what do you need for me? Right. And he's like, nothing. Yeah. I'm good. And, and Don't worry and the about way us. Are, the way things work, because we're a federalized country, is that in order for, the, for FEMA to show up in Ohio to help them with things, Ohio has to say, hey, can you declare a state of emergency? And Biden would have been happy to do that yeah. and bring in FEMA. Offered to no. do it. And then they spend all this time talking about, like, somehow the federal response is lacking. He's like, dude, call us. Yeah. We'll show up. We're here. <laughs> We're on the border of Ohio. We're chilling out in Pennsylvania. We're right there just across the Cuyahoga. Yeah. We're on We're on the turnpike. Yep. We're at the Rax that's just on the other side of the border. Ladies and gentlemen, Rax is a very highly regional chain of roast beef fast food. It's like Ohio Arby's. Okay. But not like not like Al's beef. It's like no, oh, no, no. Okay, like Arby's. Okay, got it. It's like Arby's. Okay, I like the. I still like the beef and cheddar. <laughs> and their curly fries are excellent. Yeah. So, and what's really interesting? So, DeSantis <laughs> shows up in Illinois. Goes to Elmhurst, Illinois. Um, there's a line of people to go see him. There are a lot of protesters. Um, he clearly but he likes that. He, likes he is clearly here for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Illinois is a blue state. So he feels he's got a, that had a, a, a red governor previously. In between governors yeah. who were in jail. Um, so, you know, he shows up kind of playing that crime stuff. Trying to make Pritzker look bad. He is making Pritzker look better. And what I said earlier about, like, the bumper sticker that said settle for Biden. Like, do you remember when we were like, I guess we're just going to vote for Pritzker because he's. Because I like voting for billionaires because they solve everything. And like, yeah, okay, Pritzker is way better. I mean, like, I just, I I, I can't. Yeah. I, I don't know what to tell you. He's. He's great. And his response to everything that DeSantis has done was DeSantis like pointing out like like Florida education statistics and everything like that. You know, like, yeah, it was chef's kiss, everybody. Chef's Beautiful. Chef's kiss. Uh, and that was related to now we can get down into that next level of detail, which is Chicago municipal elections, because there is. The because that's happening soon, apparently it is. It's it. It is a few days. So we're going to talk about we're going to talk about the 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 races a bit. Uh, I will also talk a little bit about my experience so far as a a pre-election judge. I'm really interested in this because yes. your choice to do this has made me feel bad that I haven't. Yes, but you're like doing much more in terms of working on campaigns, which makes me feel bad. So by we both feel bad, which makes us good. Guilt brothers. That's guilt nice. brothers. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
And I was not raised Catholic, but my mom uh, was Catholic. So, <laughs> you know, I got a little it's, of that. You know, it's, it's hereditary. So, you know, DeSantis is here, endor- you know, talking to the FOP, endorsed by the FOP. And who else was endorsed by the FOP? Tell me, who else was endorsed by the FOP? I know what you're going to say. Chicago mayoral candidate, Paul Vallis. Clean sweep, Vallis. Yes. Paul Vallis, who we said on our last podcast, has been kicked out summarily from every other city he's been in where he was running education programs because he's terrible at it. He's terrible at it. He's a big charter school fan. Yeah, it's it. So let's start. Let's start with this. Um, right now, the, the the election really seems to be boiling down to a few candidates who are in a good position yeah. to potentially get to the runoff. So we got. Paul Vallis, we got Lori Lightfoot, we got Chewy Garcia, we got Brandon Johnson, and I feel like I'm missing one. I mean, that's really it, right? So, I mean, if you look across it, it's it's Buckner, Garcia, Green, Johnson, King, Lightfoot, um, Sawyer, Raymond Lopez, I guess, yes. Vallis, Wilson, Willie, the perennial candidate, Wilson. Who always uh, get about the same percentage of the vote as he got the last time he ran for office, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, so, and it's been a weird race, as we said last time, because people got in at different times and, you know, um, Jamal Green's been running since the last election. Yeah. Um, Lightfoot, obviously the incumbent. Um, Vallis has run several times before. Chewy ran against our previous mayor, um, but then has taken a break in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Got Um, some crypto money. Got, Along some, the got way. some of that sweet, sweet crypto. Um, Brendan Johnson was endorsed by the teachers union before he announced his run. Yes. So, you know, the timing of things has been strange. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for those of you who don't live in Chicago, it's a runoff kind of thing. So it's who's going to get into the runoff. Because uh, right. nobody's going to get 50% plus one vote. Yep. Yep, exactly. So, you know, and that's that's what we've seen several times in the past. Um, last time, if you recall, we had Lori Lightfoot and uh, and Preckwinkle uh, were the ones going against each other in the Roth, which actually was like kind of a, like felt really good about that. Oh, runoff. my God. It's like, oh, right. Like, like, these, I mean, are, my, these like, are two people I would have, you know, I kind of wanted to win. But I wasn't sure which one. Like, I went and, you know, Lightfoot was who I ultimately backed to my great regret. I, I mean, everybody did. No, except she got 78% of the vote. Yes, that's true. And, and she got 78% of the vote because she was not a machine candidate, clearly. She was outside of that whole yes, thing. Yes, and I think that was the thing with, with Preckwinkle is there was, a, there was an impression of her being much more of a insider yeah. and all that, which is never particularly good and, for you. And you know that feeling where you're, like, internally cringing at something you said previous, like, years before and nobody remembers? No. Every hour of every yes, day, my exactly. <laughs> and and I think about saying on this podcast how excited I was and how proud I was that we had gotten to the runoff with Preckwinkle and Lightfoot. And when Lightfoot won, how excited and proud I was and like, yes, and this was great. And now I'm like, ooh. And Ouch. then she turned downtown into a, a, a fortress with a moat around it. And, you know, and again, and a speedway. There's so many things that that she did that were a problem, but like the like symbolically, like that was such a break point for me. Yeah, um, yeah. So so we're we're here now. Uh, 
How many times have you voted for Paul Vallis already? I go with none. None. Never. Okay. Zilch. So this is we're gonna we're gonna get into a few races. Yes. Um, we're gonna give you our recommendations, our thoughts, our thoughts. You can take them or leave them. We're two white dudes drinking beer. You should probably leave them, but uh, you know maybe not. You never know. Maybe not. So mayor, who you got? Brandon you? Johnson. Voting for Brandon Johnson. Brandon Johnson, uh, former educator, uh, S- Chicago Teachers Union member. Um, endorsed by the teachers union, has raised a good amount of money, has been kind of polling around third. Um, Yeah, and... uh, You know, but the polls have been moving a little bit. It seems like there is a consolidation of of progressive energy behind Brandon Johnson. And I I will say, like, honestly, a lot of my take on the election has been kind of waiting to see who was, like, who was kind of leading that. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, you know, if I look at him, I look at Jamal Green, I look at Cam Buckner, you know, it's like, like, there's things I like about all of them, but I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, who's going to kind of get enough momentum going that that's the person to back yeah. going yeah, into I mean, the... Yeah, I mean, if we had ranked choice voting... Yes. Right? My vote would be different. My, my order of, of vote would be different. Which, interestingly, there is a, a ranked choice voting simulator that you can find Yes. Uh, for the municipal election. Uh, my, my alderman sent out a link to it. I forget what it what the... But go and look for it. You do some Googling. You'll find it. Um, and it's interesting just kind of see. I mean, you know... Who, we'll tweet it. Right. You know, and, you know, obviously it's somewhat slanted by who is interested in participating in it. But it's kind of interesting to see how it plays out and, and all of that. It, it is. And... Uh, and 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 spoiler alert: Brandon Johnson's winning. So there you go. Yeah, there there you go. So I'll, I'll tell you that uh, my vote will go to Brandon Johnson. I haven't voted yet. I probably should have. Um, I, I typically recommend given the early my voting. day of service on election day. I I've yeah, already I was, done the deed. I wanted to see what would happen yeah. and who would drop out. Um, Brandon Johnson's not my first choice. Um, however, who was your first choice? Uh, actually, I, I thought policy-wise, the person I was most aligned with was Cam Buckner. Even yep. though Cam Buckner has some things I don't really appreciate about the nonprofit side. Um, but look, and this is something I, I named our uh, outline today, Don't vo- Elect Bullies. And one of the things that I really think about Chicago politics is that we tend to like bullies. You know, Chicago tends to like people who bully people. They yell at them. They, you know, ah, they're gruff. They tell it like it is. But, like, you know, you think about think about our previous mayor. Nobody would have re- referred to uh, Mayor Emanuel, or now Ambassador Emanuel, as... Here's, here's uh, what's great for a moment is I thought of Lori Lightfoot as our previous mayor. Ah, <laughs> a dream. Okay, anyhow. But either on. way, this is still going to hold true cuddly right nobody would say like he really seems like somebody who's going to lift people up yeah right i mean i i've met him i i had a one-on-one yeah. i had i had 45 minutes one-on-one with Ram Emanuel, and and you survived i survived but but he was scarred for life but pretty survived. tough right like yeah. and i and i appreciated it and that was fine yeah. you remember seeing all the emails and well, stuff and I remember, from Lori? i remember when he was running and i i i will admit to voting for him when he was first running because like i i and i to some extent it was because it felt like he was kind of the one who was good, had the most kind of resilience amongst the people i thought were a little bit more progressive uh, but you know 
Although it's a really interesting I question. I, I've had a lot of regrettable uh, mayoral votes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying is, so never so, voted for Daly though. So, so just okay. keep this in mind. Steve's just admitted that his last two votes were not good. <laughs> no, they're yeah. not. Um, uh, I did vote for Chewy the one time I got a chance uh, previously, but I'm not voting for him this time. Well, and that's the other interesting thing because so did I. Yeah, and. And Chewy feels very much like the ma- machine candidate now. Yeah. Um, came in late, was assuming everything was going to kind of be set out before him. Yeah. I mean, you can see in his endorsements, and this is a big thing in Chicago, right? You'll get these mayoral endorsement, you know, aldermanic candidates and mayor mayoral candidates will endorse one another. Um and that's really about increasing the number of people you have out knocking on doors. Yeah. And Chewy's endorsements have been a, a really interesting mix of folks, but it's been machine people and people who haven't been endorsed by others, right? So yeah. just looking for anybody out there because he got in late. Whoever his campaign manager is, Sucks. Which is funny because, like, he got in late last time for, for, like, completely reasonable reasons. Gets in late again. Don't know why. Yeah. I, it really is. I, I, I think mean, it I, had I, everything my to guess do with is, the election. I, I think, you know, my impression is, like, he saw what he thought was an opening. I'm sure somebody showed him some polling and was like, look, look, it would work. And he's like, all right, let's do it. I mean, yeah. honestly, he kind of jumped in a little late even on his congressional, if I remember correctly. Like, there was. Like, no, the first time he was appointed. Oh, okay, that's right. All right, then I'm I'm mis- so I, it, which is a very machiny thing. And yes. honestly, if you were, um, if you were kind of into local politics at the time, I, I could draw you a map of the series of machine appointments, resignations, and appointments that put people into the places they are. Yeah, uh, where they remain today. Um, so that's mayor. Uh, let's do aldermen, then uh, let's do police councils. Real quick. After we get you a beer. Yes. Um. Okay. So, we got we talked about the mayoral. Talked about the mayoral, um, which we love. I will real quick just mention the uh, police council, the police district council races. Um, it's hard to recommend specific candidates uh, just because it's like, Everything's a little bit fragmented. It's hard to say, you know, who who's yeah. running and what. But basically what I would say is do your research before you go out. There's plenty of resources on Block Club. I think Reader has some. Uh, you know, you can find out kind of where these people stand. You can get a sense of are these aligned with the police union? Are they looking to right. do some reform? And and the other thing that's not really out there is what the job is. Because it, it is a – essentially it's a elected body that elects another elected body that – does things in terms of oversight. Yeah. So they're meant to be hyper-local for the police districts. Um, and I can tell you, I, I do have people I recommend, right? Like in the 17th police district where I, where I live, um, it's the first three people on the ballot. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, their, their whole thing is A.B. Steve because it's uh, Anthony... Beth and Steve Spagnolo. Um, and you'll find there are slates of folks. Um, I, I do have to tell you to, to do the research because every district is different. Um, but I can recommend yeah. um, looking for 
the Block Hub articles, um, Northside Democracy for America, if you search for them, um, they've got actual forums with those candidates um, and also recommendations uh, you know, across the districts. Uh, it is hard to say what actual impact these folks are going to have in the way policing is done, um, but they will be a channel. They will be a voice that potentially yeah. can influence things. And and um, one other thing to add out there, like there is the there's a couple of slates in some of the districts. So there's in the 24th, the 19th, and I want to say the 26th. But basically, they're right. kind of like there's slates of three candidates. They're all kind of trying to work together to promote each other. Uh, and uh, Veronica Ariola is running in the 24th. Uh, somebody that I know that would be really good at that that work. Um, so so vote for her if you can. Um, I I found out that a friend of mine who could vote in the 24th, they, I, they reached out to me and they said to me, hey, I wrote you in for the district council. And I want I I I, <laughs> I felt anger, especially felt, if you listen to our last podcast. Right. And thank <laughs> clearly, you. clearly they did not listen to the last podcast. And I and I also felt bad about myself and my efforts to talk about those races because clearly I was not doing enough on my part to make sure that people are, were aware of those and doing that research. And I and and so uh, you know I can't fix the Facebook algorithms, et cetera. There's only so much I can do, but it still felt just like, really? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, do your homework, help somebody else do their homework, get out there and make sure we get the right people in charge of that. It's a little hard to say what the powers are at this point, you know, and how much influence we'll have, but it's a start, hopefully. Yeah, and I will say this. Um, all, I think all of the slate, none of the slates were police-backed slates. Correct. Uh, and there's a whole thing about the lawsuits trying to get all of the slates kicked off. Yes. Because the some poorly written verbiage in the the actual law that governs this. Fine. Uh, but you can guess if it's a slate, it was probably on the progressive side of things. Yes. Um, Yes, I'm not aware of any police union-backed slates. No, at this they point. they strategically decided not to do it because they saw others doing it. And so, so yeah, so thinking they could somehow get them picked off the ballot. Yes, that was oh, the that a, was the strategy. That's an interesting approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like and I think you know I think the unified approach makes a lot more sense because they can pool their resources. You know, going and getting their signs rather than having three people get signs, they can all buy the same signs. Well, but getting signatures to get on the ballot is getting the big signatures part. on the ballot is the big thing so, there. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's the first time. It is a dry run, ladies and gentlemen, for the elected school council which will be coming up in the next set of elections. Yes. So, yeah, and uh, I will say, like, some people suggested, like, you know, this, this d distracts progressive energy, things like that. You know, the thing of it is, is, like, this is giving people an opportunity to work in roles that are perhaps easier to get into, door-to-door, cost less money to get into, and help them sort of get a start in politics. And so I feel like these are actually good for progressives to invest yeah. their time in and, and get, get into, because that can kind of build to better things in the future. Future aldermen... Congression, yes. Congressional seats, etc. Okay, but let's go through yes. some. So we're going to do all fifty. We're going to go really. No, no, we're not going to do all no, fifty wards. There's no way we're going to do no, a smattering <laughs> of wards. And the reason we're doing a smattering of wards is that 
Um, you know, honestly, they're the ones we've been paying attention. I, to. Well, and and it's hard to do all of them, and there's a mixed bag of things, right? So, yeah. like the first ward is one we're not going to spend a lot of time on. Daniel Espada, who's the the incumbent, like he's running against uh, Proco Joe Moreno, who's like, I just got out of jail. Could somebody vote for me? I mean, like, yeah, I, and I feel like there's been like efforts to get rid of Moreno multiple times. Yeah. Like, I, like, like I, I think I, like, sort of helped in one of those races, like, several years ago. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, and and each ward has its own texture, um, its own kind of feel. A lot of the uh, a lot of the aldermen are running unopposed. A third of the races are open, meaning the incumbent's not there. Yeah. Um, so huge changes are going to happen. Um, I, I would say, you know... Why don't we start, and then we're going to start up north, and so apologies. Um, I would love to, you know, give you recommendations in, like, the 19th against Matt O'Shea. Um, I would say anybody but Matt O'Shea because he sucks. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't have a better way to say that. Uh, Matt O'Shea sucks. Um, dot com. Yeah, dot com. Um, you know, I think if we kind of move up to... Uh, I don't know. Where do, you, where do you want to start? Well, you, I can make it I make a simple one. Uh, in my ward, the 47th, uh, you know, uh, we've got, got it running on a post uh, is Matt Martin. So that makes that pretty easy. Uh, yeah, which is interesting. So he has um, uh, he has because he's running on a post has gotten into the other races, which is something that was kind of surprising and something I didn't appreciate about him. So there you go. There you go. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go 33, which is my ward. Um, there are three people running. Rosana Rodriguez-Sanchez, who is the incumbent, who defeated uh, Deb Mel by a handful of votes um, in the last election in a runoff. Uh, having gotten to the runoff uh, uh, actually a little behind Deb Mel, uh, but there was a third candidate um, who I was biased for, who I voted for, and would vote for again um, if I could. Me too. Um, uh, the two other candidates are Sammy Martinez, who is backed by Iris Martinez, hashtag no relation, um, who is the uh, clerk of the court and a super machiney, like kind of the worst, and somebody else, Laith Shaban, who is an Iraqi immigrant, uh, or first-generation Iraqi American, I'm sorry, um, who's the... You know, person nobody sent uh, in the Chicago parlance. Um, signs don't vote, but I run frequently through the ward. I see about uh, an eight to one advantage of signs for Martinez over Sanchez, um, with some sprinklings of the the Lath Shaban kind of broken in. And it's a different ward now than it was in the last election. Um, it was in theory re, uh, or it was gerrymandered to support Sanchez. Um, so splitting up the Ravenswood Manor neighborhood, where uh, former governor, governor uh, our former governor uh, currently lives, um, to make it easier. But it looks like that hasn't really helped. So this is going to be a very close race in the thirty-third. Um, I, I don't particularly like. Uh, Rosanna 
and I'm sure, like I said, I'm biased. This is not objective, or this is not a subjective opinion. However, I am going to vote for her uh, because I think that Sammy Martinez is essentially the hand-picked candidate of somebody trying to consolidate power. Yeah. And I dislike that a great deal. Yeah, and, you know, and always with these elections, you know, just because of how they work, it, you know, this is, a, a, you know, instant runoff or, you know, uh, ranked choice would definitely help with it. But a lot of times it's a matter of picking your poison, deciding this person is better in, you know, a certain context and, and just going with that. And so, you know, it is what it is. Um, I know you've been doing a lot of work for uh, Marion Lalonde in uh, the 45th? 42nd? Uh, keep keep 41st, going. Keep 40th, going. Hold on. I'm going to open. You, you can see. 46th. The other way. I had to go the other way. Yeah. So 46. I'm bad at the ward numbers, people. Uh, I apologize. James Kappelman, who's a longtime alderman. Um, last time he won by, again, a handful of votes in the runoff over Marianne Lalonde. Um, Marianne Lalonde running again. Um, I am supporting her. I cannot. Uh, I cannot speak highly enough of her commitment to things. She's also, she has a PhD, uh, which I appreciate. She's been committed to the community the entire time. Yeah. Um, and I've met her. I mean, I, I don't know her nearly as well as EJ does, but I've met her, and she's she seems pretty awesome to yeah. me. So, And there are other folks running. There's a DSA candidate uh, who is, you know, she is fine. Um and and I think she would do she would do an okay job. I think Marianne would do a better job. Uh, there's another candidate that's sort of a machiney candidate, uh, Kim Waltz, who was actually kind of put into the position of running for alderman because she agreed to not run for a state rep spot so that <laughs> somebody else could run for that. Right. Which just feels. Which just. But that's feels, how the you know that's how the the local politics bad. works. You know. It's um, like yeah, and it it is how it works. Uh, I will say uh, 38 is one I'm interested in. Nick Spasato is a former firefighter. He's he's a pretty conservative voice. I would say if you're in 38, go Ed Bannon. Um, he's, he's a great guy. He's got great ideas. He's got good experience, especially in the areas of transportation. And he's another Ed. So Ed's got to stick together. Ed's always have to stick together together it's a rule of eds um then we get down uh i would say 45 is my next interesting one so 45 uh this is old irving park that kind of area and it also extends out in weird spots yes right like it's a very weirdly shaped ward uh it butts up against 39 in many places and 39 is a good one to talk about as well um 45, currently, uh, the incumbent is Jim Garnier, who is... Ah, yes. It's not that he's a Republican. He's just a piece of shit. Like, he's he's a guy who, like, he's watched too many TV shows about Chicago politics, and he's like, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to have my people (laughs) vandalizing gardens, and I'm going to threaten other folks who are out canvassing for opponents yeah has weird obsessions with like social media criticism things like that like there's lawsuits around it like it's his he has campaign work or he has staff who have been arrested and are under federal investigation he is under fbi investigation 
He is the worst. So you've got good options. You've got good options. You've got Megan Mathias. She is great. She is a progressive lawyer, really knows things. You've got James Sue. He is really good. He's, I'm going to give him a call on the way home. Uh, if I were there, I would be struggling to figure out who to vote for between those two. Um, but this is definitely an anybody but Garnier uh, kind of thing. Get it to a runoff and yeah. vote against and him. Vote him out. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Um, 39. 39 is a really interesting thing. Um, 39 is Samantha Nugent. So uh, she replaced, she's a first time alderman incumbent. Uh, she replaced a long time uh, alderman the last time. She's running against Denali Desgupta. Uh, uh, I, I will say this uh, you know, Samantha is, is, is pretty smart, uh, but she has just kind of gone along with. Uh, Party lines been kind of turning into a machiney candidate. Uh, Denali is brilliant. Um, she's out there with the community every day. Um, she has detailed plans on everything. Um, I, if I were in 39, I would vote for Denali in a heartbeat. I volunteered for her. I think she's amazing. Um, I think she's amazing. Uh, what have I missed? What have I missed? Uh, 50, Deborah Silverstein. Um, don't vote for Deborah Silverstein. She intentionally had things uh, gerrymandered to get rid of the candidates that were in the last election. So if you look at the last election, her two opponents are no longer in her ward, and they don't make any sense. Um, uh, Moise Abwani. <laughs> Which is, sounds like it, like it was a square district, and now there's two one-block holes oh, in Oh, it, my but. God. It's totally that. <laughs> Um, Moise is really good. Uh, uh, there was some negative press about him uh, for some tweets from a long time ago. It's a it's a it's a little rough there, um, uh, but you know, again, if you want change, if you want uh, progressive politics, um, I think Moise is a much better choice than Deborah Silverstein. Um, and there you go. That's my rundown. All right. That's my Thank rundown. you for doing that. You're definitely much more up to date on, on the aldermanic races, so I appreciate you covering that in my stead. I didn't even get to cover all the other ones that I'm interested in. Yeah. So I think that pretty well covers the races. Um, to kind of wrap things up, I want to briefly talk about uh, what it's like to be an election judge, because I think being an election judge is something that's important, uh, and I'm giving it a shot this year. And I've not done this before. And so uh, just a little quick update on this. I went for my judge training uh, about a week ago today. Your Honor. Your Honor. Uh, so now I get to judge people, which isn't normally my jam. But, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, the training was interesting in that it was very fast. It was like, I mean, you know, it's a four-hour training, but like, there it's was very, a lot. In it, there, right? There's a lot. There's a lot in it, but there's also a lot of things they just kind of gloss over. Like there's a bag, and in the bag goes like the things that you take back to the election office, like that's locked up, and like says, "Okay, here, this is done." And that bag, but like they're kind of like the way they were kind of talking about. It, it was like, okay, so then the bag, you know, the bag, and it was like, did it like what? Wait, what bag? Wait, what are wait, we talking chain about? Chain custody. What? Like, what? 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 Um, and really, what it comes down to is this: is that. If you, they asked in the room who has never been a judge before, and it was like in a room of over 50 people, probably more like 100 people, 
five of us raised our hands as having never been a judge before. Because people tend to do this year after year after year, right? You know, you've got people who are retirees who do it. You've got people who are just looking, just, you know, just do this as a side job or Wait, whatever. are you retiring? Right? <laughs> who knows? Uh, but, you know, and it's just like, you know, and, and then there are people like me who's just like, this is my civic duty and I'm going to go do, you know, whatever. And it's like, I'm going to take a day off from work and I'm going to go do this. Um, so, like, I'm sure it will all make much more sense to me once I'm there in person and doing mm -hmm. this. But, like, I felt like I had, like, I got my training and I'm like, I didn't really feel like I if if I had to like run that election that on election day I'd be up a creek. So so let me ask you this: Have you ever spent a long time in a polling place, like as yes. an observer? Yes, I have done so the observing okay, before. So so I at least have the broad I mean, outlines of it. I've, works, right? I've seen how it works, but like, and it's like, okay, so let me give you an example of kind of where the things that kind of make me nervous about this. So I get a letter from the election Government. peoples to say, "Here is the Stand precinct the you're going to serve in." I'm like, cool. And here are the other election judges you're going to be serving with. Cool. And you'll notice that next to each election judge, there, or to next to two of the judges, there is a K and there's a C. One has a K next to them to indicate they are the key holder. How do they get the key? I don't know. Okay. No. And then there's a C, the self cell judge. I don't really understand what that is exactly, and I'm sure it's somewhere in my manual. Well, but the I don't key really holder know. we learned from in... in uh Ghostbusters, but yes, yes, yeah, yes. Gozer, the Gozerian, yeah, 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 right. Traveler shows up, yes. Um, so that's what the letter says. And I look at the judges, and literally none of them have a K or a C next to them. And I'm like, so, so who has the key? Well, I so I like I called in yes uh, this morning actually because I'm like, uh, so what's up with that? And apparently, it's there are two precincts at our location. And oh, so there's yeah. another set of judges, and the judges from the other precinct have the will, keys. are the ones who have the keys. Like that makes okay. sense. And there's like, and there was a separate like box. So there's like, and if you're not if you're not seeing this, like there's basically a big blue box on wheels that has all the election equipment and all the ballots yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And you go and you unlock it and you set everything up. And at the end of the day, you do your things and you count your votes. It all gets sent by a cell connection or whatever, and they put it in that big blue box. Yeah, through the the uh, Spanish satellites, right? Yes, 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 right. yes. Uh, no, the, the, the uh, not no, Venezuelan satellites. Oh, by the way, the voting machines, Dominion, a hundred percent, And you know, and I will say, to to the point of Dominion's uh, legal case, I saw that it was a Dominion voting machine. I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, wait, wait, what am I thinking? Like that? These are the guys who are like just getting smeared by Fox. There's nothing wrong with what but they're doing. But at the same time, you're but like... But at the same time, I had this like little oh. bit of hesitation, like, I don't know about this. Thank God this isn't a Smartmatic. Oh, my God, it's Smartmatic! Right, right, right. Exactly. So, uh, but yes, they're Dominion voting machines. Uh, It'll be crazy when Biden wins. All 50 aldermanic races. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, Dark Brandon takes over Chicago. Yeah, so it's... in, And so, <laughs> fun thing I, I learned in this training is that if you're... if. Have you ever dealt with it, a polling place where the voting machine stopped working? I have. Okay. So you know about the what happens with the big blue metal box in that situation. Sure. Yeah. So Because you've got to go to the paper ballot. So you got well, I mean, it, I mean, it's a paper ballot on election day anyhow. But you've got to go to the special paper. But there's, but there's a, no, 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 there's no, you don't have to get a special ballot. There's a box you have to put everything in. So, so. Oh, okay. So, so maybe I don't it, know. It, okay. So the way I this works is normally the way this works on election day is you've got your you little, your little form and you fill out your form. Yeah. And you, you know, mark your circle in your boxes with the, with the pen. And I'll get to that in just a sec. Circle in with the pen. And then you scan it through the machine. 
if the machine stops working, though, what you do is, on this big blue thing on wheels, there is a lockable box, with, and there's a slot in the side of the big, big wheel machine. So you can basically put the ballots in there. They'll be counted later. But you basically put them in there so that they're secure inside of that Got big it. blue yeah. wheel thing. Um, the other thing is there was a big deal made uh, uh, during the training about the fact that we will not be using Sharpies for this election. Because last time, they used Sharpies for marking the ballots. And there were multiple pages of ballots. So uh, what happened is they would stack the ballot one on top of the other. They would mark one of the ballots and it would bleed through to the ballot underneath it and then you'd have a a, a, a spoiled ballot underneath so arizona problem right right so different different uh we'll be using i leaned pins in that do not arizona, do that yes. this time uh so yeah so those things some of the things i learned and i will talk all about my what it was like Nominally, I'm supposed to go on Monday before the election in the evening to check to make sure everything's good and we've got all the stuff we need. The problem is it's at a high school, and instead of being a 5 to 7 time window when we can be there to do that, they say we have to be there at 3 to 5. And I have this thing called a job that is not as easy to just sort of just skip out on. So, yeah, that could be tough I, for you, you know, to get there. You know yeah, I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah it could yes, be tough. Yes, Hopefully you can yes. find some flexibility in your schedule that day. Maybe start a little earlier well, you to know, make and, sure and, and you here's, give it the Well, and here's the hours. thing. Is, truth be told, I don't think I would have any problem taking that time off if I didn't already have a meeting that I had scheduled at that time that I need to be on. Right? Like, I mean, my, my, my job, you know, for now has been fairly flexible about these things, but, you know. We'll Wall Street's getting fussy, so we'll see what happens. Wall but, Street's getting But fussy. I'm taking the day off on Tuesday, and I have to get to the point place at 5 in the morning. That and I'll be enjoyable. there until probably at least 8 o'clock at night. See, of all the things we bleep out, that should be the worst. Like, yes, because <laughs> it's important, that. and I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> so anyhow. Uh, I'll yeah, bring so, you donuts. Yeah, so we'll see. I'll see how it goes. Um, Let me ask you this question. Yeah. Do you know who's responsible for that election, your precinct running according to plan? All of us. Who is accountable for it? Well, we have an election coordinator. Is that who you're talking about? No. Oh, see, okay. that's the thing. Okay, who are you talking who about? Who is accountable for it is your the committeeman of the ward that you're in. Uh, okay. Well, is that true, though? Because that sounds like a thing that would be in a primary that would be true. Because committeeman is a, is a party assignment. Um, and this is a nonpartisan election. I think that the committeeman is... Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I That was my understanding. Okay. That... I mean, that there are no Republican committeemen. Um, so right. each ward has a... But, like, this one... Well, it's interesting because, like, it's a, this is a nonpartisan election. So, but, we, and, but we have judges who represent both the Democratic and the Republican Party nominally. Yes. But, like, you know, it's like four, four or five to one <laughs> sure. for, for that. Um, nominally, when you deliver the... The result, the, the the votes to the election offices. You're supposed to have one Democrat and one Republican, but in the municipal election, that's not really as relevant. Well, and, it, and that's done intentionally, right? So there's no yes. primary. We can talk about all that. Yeah, but yeah. 
But again, I think that the committeeman is essentially a, is meant to be a nonpartisan election, and therefore, I thought the committeemen were were actually political party affiliated, uh, though. The election, I think, is nonpartisan. However, your affiliation puts you into a... So here's how we could suss this out, is see if there's a... I believe you will find that there is not a committeeman election during the general election, but it's only during the primary. Yes, and I actually looked this up on the uh, Chicago Board of Elections website. If you look for election results for the last couple of years, you'll see that in the primary that the Democrats have the committeeman elections. Uh, you do not see a similar election for the Republican Party, and there is no committeeman-related uh, election in the general. Uh, that's because I presumably there are too many judges on the ballot and they have to throw something off. But anyhow, yes, that is a partisan role uh, within a Democratic Party. No such thing exists in the Republican Party, presumably because fascism doesn't need representation. So there you go. Okay, so uh, let's sign off before we... Yes, let's do that. Uh, Okay. So anyhow, uh, I'll I'll have more updates on what it's like to be an election judge and all that, and we'll talk about what happened with the election uh, on our next podcast. So, Thanks, everybody, for joining. Stay safe. You're in Chicago. Vote early and often. F***ing vote. F***ing vote. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.